Hey guys, Pastor Matt Chandler here. Uh, one of the themes that comes out in The Overcomers over and over and over again is the centrality of God's word to encourage and build up his saints. It's why I love uh, Dwell Bible app. It's an app for listening. Uh, I, I kind of use it in the margins of my day. I like to listen to, depending on my mood, uh, Mark or Felix throw on some ambient music and then in my truck or in my study or uh, in a few minutes between this meeting going into that, soak again in the word of God. Uh, they, they've given us kind of an awesome deal here for a yearly subscription. If you go to dwellbible.com backslash overcomers, they're giving us 25% off an annual subscription. So if you're looking for more Bible in your life, in the margins of your life, not just kind of traditionally listening, but listening while you work, listening while you drive. I couldn't recommend the Dwell Bible app more highly. I don't even remember getting home. I just remember being in my room and I was like, mom, <laughs> I I don't know how to tell you this. And just breaking down, yeah. being like, I don't want to die, but I feel like I'm dying. Yeah. And it was, it just felt like something broke in me. Well, welcome back to The Overcomers. I'm sitting here, and it's kind of blowing my mind. I'm here with Boston Hunley, who I have known since the day she was born. Um, and your mama's over your left shoulder. She's not going to be on camera today, but mom's in the room with us. And man, I'm so excited just to dive into the good work of the Lord in your life. Uh, so we're going to be talking about mm. some anxiety, some depression. We're going to be talking about kind of the long journey through maybe even some passive suicidal ideation and mm -hmm. just all sorts of darkness that the Lord decided to to snatch you out of. Mm -hmm. And and so I, I want us to celebrate that and rejoice in that, but also have a real honest telling mm -hmm. uh, of the pain of really that season, which, you, you know, I which is a more extended season than, than I think when we talked, you realized. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. the last few years. It starts very early. So why don't we start like this? You, you I mean, you, you have an incredible mom and dad. That and, is true. I mean, they just, but I mean, a man's man. Dad played in the NFL for a little bit. Just a mom is a terrifying human being. Yeah, mom great. deeply loves the Lord, works in recovery at the village, and mm -hmm. just a saint. I mean, not perfect, but mm -hmm. but beautiful parents mm -hmm. and uh, deeply love the Lord. So I know you were raised in a home that um, man made much of Jesus and delighted in you. Mm -hmm. Like I, I know your mama's eyes light up and have always lit up when she talked about what Boston was doing oh. and whether it was this or whether it was that. So your mama takes great deal of delight light in you. Mm -hmm. So so you don't have a story of you know so often in the overcomers the story is that they they grew up in this really hard home mm -hmm. or you know their their parents or there were this or that but you man you grew up in this man you grew up in this home where Jesus was made much of and mm -hmm. man you were loved deeply and seen deeply mm -hmm. like you're you're very young when this stuff starts to kick up yeah. and so talk a little bit about how and and where anxiety first shows up for you? When I was a kid, I just, I knew God was real. Like it wasn't yeah. really a question. I received salvation when I was around eight years old and got baptized yeah. that same year of my life um, by my sister and my dad. My poor mother had to videotape the thing. Oh, she <laughs> um, did great. She, it was great. It was, I mean, beautiful. You know, the Lord's great like that. But even at a very young age, whenever things would go poorly, like if I got in trouble or just anything, I just felt like I deserve some level of pain as yeah. a result. And um, so just this thought started when I was very young and it wasn't until about third grade that I like really developed anxiety. Um, I was at a private Christian school and I had a really strict teacher and every day was just stress upon stress. And just like, what could I do? Like, I needed to do good. I wanted to be good. And I just, the 
walls and rules just felt so tight around me that the stress just filled my entire body and I resulted in a lot of like physical pain and the sense of like my stomach would just hurt so bad as a result of all the stress that this tiny little like third graders carrying around <laughs> and I went to the doctor and they were like you should not be this stressed yeah. at in third grade and I was like freaking out um because I just didn't know what to do. And I would beg my mom and she'd be like, no, you got to go to school. And so I went to school, but I just, I didn't know how to cope with it. And I knew yeah. God was real, but I just didn't know how he could be real in those moments. Sure. Um, and that doesn't come along until way later, but that was kind of the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So you're in third grade, you got a strict mm -hmm. teacher, you want to do good, you want to be good, you want to, um, you know, mm -hmm. make the grades and and get the things done that I guess you're perceiving that you'll be loved more if you do, or you'll be, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the motivator oh, really, was. Yeah. Okay. You don't either. Yeah. <laughs> I was third like, I'm not sure. You have probably deep thinking in the yeah. third grade. Most people aren't like really, you know, having deep <laughs> thoughts, but, mm -hmm. but for whatever that is, it, it begins to progress. Mm -hmm. Um, as you get older, it, it strikes me. I think the thing about your story, Boston, that I, I so appreciate and I, I really want people to hear is that like, there's no, there's no underlying trauma that the enemy mm -hmm. is trying to take advantage of at this point. He's mm -hmm. just at a ver very early age whispering lies to you. Mm -hmm. um, can you, can you, and I know this is, I think it's a hard question, maybe it's not. Can you identify even now, looking back as like a third, fourth, fifth grader, like what are the lies that you were believing? What are the voice, what, I mean, it'd probably sound like your voice, but mm -hmm. what is your voice saying that's not in line with the truth? Um, I think it starts just so, or for me, it started so small, you know, just throwaway comments of like, oh, you did poorly on spelling. Like, oh, that's because they're stupid. Okay. And just like, just so throwaway. Like, yeah. oh, I don't know my left and right. Oh, that's because you're dumb. Yeah. You know? And um, it just started as like a little seed that sure. I would tell myself over and over again as a, this is why that happened. Yeah. And eventually I came to believe it a lot more. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so talk about that progression. Mm -hmm. In third grade, they're just throwaways, seeds, mm -hmm. which is, I think, a great illustration for how this works. It's a, oh, I, I mean, I didn't do well on that test. I must mean I'm dumb or mm -hmm. this, you know, I'm, I must not be as smart as the other kids or whatever. And, that, and that's kind of where we begin. Mm -hmm. How does it begin to grow as you grow? So definitely... Going fifth grade into sixth grade, that progression into middle school. I think middle school is just a really hard time for anyone yeah. growing up. Um, body's changing, everyone around you's developed. Like, it's just weird. No yeah. one knows what's going on, yeah. but we all think we know it's everything. Um, and so just going into sixth grade, I remember at 12 years old that summer, I was at my lake house and... I had these thoughts and feelings of just like worthlessness and I didn't have a, the ability to put it into words so much okay. and I couldn't really, I definitely didn't see it as lies. I just was like, oh, this is, I guess this is what maturing is. Like, I guess this was what it means to grow up. And so I, that, I served that as a marker. If someone turns 12 and they aren't having those feelings, oh, well, they're not mature. Like yeah. it was just, I knew sin was in the world and I was like, oh, I guess this is just part of it. Yeah. And I mean, in a way it definitely is, but just yeah. that is not what the Lord condemns us to at no. all. Um, but at 12 years old, I have grace for her. Like she, she didn't know what she didn't know. Yeah. So then fast forward a little bit into seventh grade. That was when things really started to take a turn where the thoughts were a lot more towards violence towards myself. Um, not necessarily like self-harm per se, but just very violent thoughts of like that little you're so stupid you're so dumb is like no you're worthless yeah. like and it's just looking back like incredibly disgusting because that is not yeah. what the Lord calls us into yeah. and I can see those as lies but when I was in seventh grade I was like this is this is my identity this yeah. is my reality growing up I was growing up in an age where social media was also growing up yeah. and so an increase of isolation um just as a result of that and a little bit, especially going into high school, but it started at a young age. Um, my, I think just my generation really starts to identify with our, like the worst parts of us. Sure. And so that started very young. And unfortunately at that time, I was also friends with some people at that school and um, it was just not a great friendship. It was okay. very 
the toxic would okay. be a good word, not to like overuse a buzzword, sure. but <laughs> it was um, just a really confused, it made me really confused, not so much in the Lord, but in people, because okay. I knew the Lord was good, yeah. um, but I was like, we're Christians, like what, what's going <laughs> on here? <laughs> and I would just be so confused. Um, as to why we were treating each other this way or why okay. this was happening. I was like, wait, we love the Lord. Why why aren't we trying to like come alongside each other and build each other up? Like, why are we making all these sarcastic comments, being so rude? Why? And then it also resulted in my personal life at home, just like I'd be rude to my mom and my sister who had, I mean, just pursued me in the Lord faithfully. And like, same with my dad for sure. But I just started to get really confused okay. uh, about the hypocrisy. And it wasn't ever that we really were like, oh, God, this, God, that. But it was just like, I thought we, this was what we were. Yeah. And it just turned out that's not always the case. People aren't always what they say they are. Yeah. But what is really interesting is even in those moments, I, I was looking back at my journals and I had written down prayers upon prayers for them of just like, yeah. I pray that we would grow spiritually. I pray that cool. we would become a friend group that lifts one another up, that we wouldn't be exclusive. That did not happen. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I also am a believer that the word of God does not return void. So yeah. we'll see what the future holds. Yeah. Um, but taking that into eighth grade, that's when the violence just mounted and okay. really increased. Um, I was bullied pretty heavily by those friends. I became very isolated. It's a small school, so everyone okay. knows one another. There wasn't really anywhere else I could turn to escape it because sure. we, we'd see them in the hallways. Like, And I, I'd known these girls since fifth grade. Mm -hmm. So um, they were also my teammates in basketball. Um, during this time, my dad got let go of his job, and it just was a time of turmoil. And that's when I started to really like believe what I was telling myself. Yeah. So those thoughts of like, oh, you're worthless became what I like, not only thought, but what I believed and yeah. like truly identified with of like, you are worthless. You deserve pain. You deserve isolation. Like, of course they hate you. Yeah. Like, you're so stupid. Why would you say that? And just, I mean, I think everyone can relate to it in a little in that sense. And so just mount my anxiety because every time I opened up my mouth or said something in front of this group of friends, it would just go back to mocking or punchline to a joke or just straight up like ignored. Okay. And so I, it just all came together in a pretty perfect storm and parents were going through things. So it kind of went under the radar a little bit. Um, I think my sister had just gone off to college and that was a really hard time in her life. Uh, my brother was getting adopted and that yeah. was really, really difficult, but so beautiful. Yeah. And he is the best big brother ever. Oh, uh, yes. It was at the end of that year that I had finally was like, I can't take this. Like I got to switch friend groups, which was pretty scandalous yeah. apparently at that time, just because it was such a small school and our lives were very small. Um, and the Lord had just been so faithful even to put a friend in my life in sixth grade, who I am still friends with to this day. And oh. she will definitely be a bridesmaid at my wedding. She's oh, just already. amazing. Um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, I joined her friend group and she was okay. just so kind and they listened to what I had to say. And it was just, I was like, oh, like relief, like a breath of fresh air. Of like, and oh, I the, found people. Did the voices stop a little bit then? Or was that kind of enmeshed identity of worthlessness still yeah. kind of hanging out? It was, it was kind of like, they didn't go away. Yeah, They were definitely still there. And I was definitely still believing them. And I found my identity and my worth in them. But it did help alleviate a little bit of the struggle. And I was like, oh, it can't, this can look different. Like, yeah. this part of my life can be different. I didn't know that. Because um, the progression with the friends before was just so slow that it was really hard to see until it was just too much. Okay. But the Lord was just also, even in that, praying for those people. Um, continuing to learn more about him, being at a Christian school. And I think I am very grateful for the fact that it didn't really cause confusion in my relationship with God. I was just more confused about people. people. But at the same time, I was just in such agreement with lies and yeah. the things I would tell myself. So, yeah, it was okay. pretty interesting. <laughs> so you do have a unique, again, there's so many aspects of your story that mm -hmm. I, I, like I'm, I'm fascinated by and I want people to hear because it's, like it seems like through through really the highs and lows of this whole story, you you 
cling to the Lord pretty ferociously. Mm-hmm. You, like you get, there's these terrible things and, and yet your like your orientation towards the Lord mm. um, stays like uh, almost not, not a hundred percent, but so hopeful. And so, so even to this point in the story, I mean, you've got this incessant voice of worthlessness inside of you. You've, mm. there have been some difficulties at home that didn't have anything to do with you, but helped you kind of, you know, made you like mm-hmm. you're under the radar in, you know, some, your own difficulties and your own pain and your own mm. kind of, kind of journey. And then, um, switching friend groups. Now, at least you've got, at least you've got some friends that you mm-hmm. feel like aren't, you know, beating you up or yeah. making a snark, snarky comment <laughs> yeah. every time you open your mouth or belittling your looks or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, but, but I know it continues to progress. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's not like we, we've hit the apex of, of, of yeah. where this is going. And so oh, yeah. now you've got this new friend, you've got a new friend group at school <laughs> mm-hmm. and it would just seem like, okay, now, now's the time to go, you know, up and to the right. It, it's time mm-hmm. to, you know, keep, like for We're happiness, like to, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. gonna We're, keep we've, going. We've got a new friend group, so let's go. Yeah. So, but they say they say in recovery, wherever you are, there you are. Yeah. Uh, and so, where does it where does it go from here? Um, so my dad had been let go, and it was a private Christian school. We cannot really afford that okay. on our own. Um, so I just went to whatever school he was going to go okay. to, and that happened to be a public high school. That was very different than one I yeah. grew up with. But the part I really appreciated about this high school, like through it all, was people were honest in the sense of like there was no over veil of like, oh, godly, like we're all Christians yeah. or like at least we have to pretend we are. Yeah. Um, it was Buddhist, Muslim, like some of my very good friends were Muslim and just there wasn't a trying to pretend to help yeah. like hold up this persona of a God center identity. Yeah which just helped me with clarity, I guess. And I really appreciated the diversity there and the different people I got to interact with. It was very, very sweet time in that sense. Yeah. Um, But freshman year, I was filled with hatred um, for everything, which I think is a very common teen mindset. Yeah, you know, maybe it is. I don't know. I, I just, I was like, I finally found people. Like, what? I, they cared what I had to say. Now I have to start all over again. Yeah. Like, I was lucky to even find them. Um, and like, that's what I, I was like, it doesn't get better. Like, yeah. that, that was the best it was going to get. What? And, um, but even still, the Lord really took me out of my shell that I would had put myself in. And was, yeah, I mean, only by God was I able to say hi to people I didn't know yeah. because I, that terrified me. As a kid, I couldn't even order food by myself, I'd freak out. And so my dad would force me to do it, which was honestly one of his best gifts to me. Um, But just really struggled with that social anxiety. But I was able to connect. I did basketball and that helped me find some girls. Um, Just gave me an instant group of people. Because you're a player, right? Mm -hmm. You were a player. Mm -hmm. I ended up having a very poor relationship with basketball. (laughs) (laughs) But it, it... to say that even my relationship with it or the perception I ended up having of it being negative, there were still gifts yeah. that the Lord, like it just, I walk away with a lot from yeah. it at the same time. And I've been able to see that redemption, but um, I met my college roommate freshman year. We were on freshman basketball together. Come on. And um, little did I know that this, we were both very shy. I don't know how we ended up talking <laughs> to each other. Little did I know that she was the girl that I was going to go through high school with. And I was like, yeah. I might not, think I have anyone else as far as fellowship in Christ, but I have her. And it was, it was enough. She was, she was very instrumental. And the thing with those two girls that I just want to mention is they didn't know what I was going through at all. I wanted this stuff to be taken to the grave. The things that like kind of come later in my story, I was like, I'm never going to tell anyone this. This is so embarrassing. This is no, like that would be the end of me. Um, and so even though they didn't know, the Lord just really used them in a very consistent way where they consistently pursued time with me or at the very least just were always somehow available when I really needed them. And it, we never really sat down and like talk things through of like, I'm in a really hard spot, but it was yeah. just, they were there and that was enough. One of the, 
one of the ways we're able to bring these stories to you is by partnering with organizations that I've grown to trust and appreciate and love over the last couple of years. Uh, Dwell, the Dwell Bible app, if you followed my ministry, you know I've mentioned it before. It's just one of my favorite tools, like in my own devotional life, in my own study life, uh, to find more ways um, to hear the Word of God, to absorb the Word of God, to have the Word of God top of mind for me. Uh, and so I've used it devotionally. Uh, I've used it in regards to just, uh, I'm, I'm currently studying the book of Daniel. And so all day today, I've had the, the Daniel read by Mark with ambient music in the background playing on my phone in my truck uh, as I, you know, uh, walked outside a little bit earlier this morning, just finding ways um, to have the Word of God um, absorbing into my system and, and the, the design, the, the beauty of the app, uh, the various kinds of music that can play under, uh, the accents that can go to. There are so many aspects of the app that could serve to stir your affections for Jesus, depending on preference and desire. Dwell is offering listeners of The Overcomers 25% off a yearly subscription. All you have to do is visit dwellbible.com backslash overcomers, or you can click the link in the show notes to receive the discount. Hey, this episode of The Overcomers has been sponsored by the Acts 29 Church Planning Network with an invitation to our 2024 Next Conference here in April in Dallas, Texas. I'm going to be speaking alongside of a, a stellar lineup. You're like, you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, we've got Brian Loritz and Sam Alberry, John Piper, and more. Uh, and the hope of the next conference is really what we're trying to do is equip and encourage you as church planters and church leaders, really regardless of the type of church or type of ministry that you're in. And I would love to see you there. To learn more about this and to register for next, you can just go to acts29.com backslash next. And if you're an Overcomer listeners, you're going to have a, a special discount, like $20 off registration if you use the code Overcomers. And so you can apply this discount to the early bird prices before December 31st or the regular rates that start in 2024. That's axe29.com slash next. Look forward to seeing you there. One of the things that like we talk about often mm-hmm. on the overcomers is that this desire for secrecy even mm-hmm. even in the face of people we know care for us and love us there's like this belief that if we let them in uh it's the end of us or yeah. we'd rather protect the <laughs> the perceived image of us than mm-hmm. actually get care for us. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's interesting to hear it again, even in your situation where you've got these girls that love you and but you're letting them in some, but just not not all the way in, just mm-hmm. a little bit in. And um, yeah. and so it's interesting that's that seems to be a real theme here when we do these interviews. Mm-hmm. It's just like they just don't want anybody to know about it. Even oh, people yeah. they know love them and even mm-hmm. people they know would love them if they told them. Mm-hmm. Just the the conniving of the enemy is so good to just try to keep us quiet and keep us isolated. It's mm-hmm. just such a such a brilliant tactic that he uses. And so it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, it is. it is. And part yeah. of why I wanted to talk to you and we talk mm-hmm. about this is so that somebody who's stuck in that right now might wake up and yes. and go, no, I'm gonna say the whole thing. I'm gonna go hundred mm-hmm. percent in and let these people know who I know love me and they're going to love me after I tell them, I'm going to tell them and I'm just going to be a little bit embarrassed mm-hmm. for the good of my own soul. And, um, and so anyway, I was just, it was, you know, you start picking up on themes. I was like, there, there it is again, just mm-hmm. like they're, they're there, they're there for her. God gave her those girls, but the mm-hmm. enemy's got her twisted. So she can't, she won't say it. She, yeah. she won't tell them. So, um, so you've got these friends now. You're at the public school. You got Muslims and Buddhists. It's a whole mm-hmm. different game than mm-hmm. where you were. And I, I know both places, so it's a whole different game. I don't think <laughs> yeah. a lot of people listening that aren't going to be able to appreciate how big of a difference oh, you just, we're talking here. But yeah. um, in every way, like almost different things, they're mm-hmm. so different. And and then we, we're still 
we're still in a dark place internally, externally. Mm-hmm. We, you know, playing basketball. We're a good little basketball player. We've got some mm-hmm. friends. Externally, we're bright eyed, but internally, still kind of self hatred. You're using the word violence, which I think is a great way to describe mm-hmm. how we talk to ourselves. And, and then talk a little bit about how that continues to grow as we get into high school uh, and start mm-hmm. to kind of move into the latter years. Yes. So. The big thing that happened specifically with freshman year is that, like you were saying earlier, the enemy just really did not want me to tell anyone. And I have it written down so many pages where it's just can't trust anyone ever. Like they can never know this. And by the end of freshman year, it was, I just couldn't do it anymore. I went to a party and some girls started opening up about like struggling with depression. And I was just like, oh, this is it. Like you can be... Like they, they, this is them too. Okay. Like I can be real here. And I could not say a word. Okay. And I sat there and I listened and I just, I don't even remember getting home. I just remember being in my room and I was like, mom, (laughs) I, I don't know how to tell you this. And just breaking down. being like, I don't want to die, but I feel like I'm dying. Yeah. And it was, it just felt like something broke in me. And that, that secrecy that held me so so stuck and so deep um when it was brought into the light it just felt like okay like what is this compared to god like Mm -hmm. what is this when it's brought to light and so for a while that really worked (laughs) it's like okay i told someone i'm done check (laughs) you're good and i mean truly not to i don't want to downplay it though because confession of this of that sin because it was sin um was really a huge step because I felt so suffocated. Like I was drowning um, for a few years and that was the first big step because no one can do battle for you if if they don't know what you're going through. Um, They can't read your mind no matter how much you want them to and there's never going to be that just like perfect little, okay, I'll just build up enough courage. I think the Lord, at least for me, I just had to, kind of be like, you know, this is the reality. You're so stuck. You can't even tell the people that are also going through the same thing. Yeah. Why don't you take a second? Because Mm -hmm. what I think might be happening right now is somebody might be listening to this in their car or with their headphones on at the gym on the treadmill or Mm -hmm. gosh, I don't know. They're, they're listening to this right now and they're, they can resonate with the internal darkness mm. and the kind of external projection of actually I'm good, I'm strong. Mm-hmm. And even when someone else is like really kind of laying my life out there, mm-hmm. uh, I, I can't, I have not been able to. And, and I wonder if you might encourage them mm-hmm. uh, in this moment from somebody who's been there mm. to to just decide to take that step mm-hmm. and loop someone in. So why don't you just talk to somebody who might be listening to this right now and you're not talking to me, you're talking mm-hmm. to them and okay. they're there. Like they, <laughs> this is their life mm-hmm. and they might be farther along than you in this, darker mm-hmm. than you were, or they might be just exactly where you were. Maybe they're just at the mm-hmm. onset of this. But what, what would you say to someone who's driving in their car right mm-hmm. now and man, you're just, you've just described the last five years of their life. Mm -hmm. I would say you want to tell somebody, but specifically that person you tell, um, be someone who will point you back to God because that is the only answer. And in a way, if I had told those girls, which, I mean, you just, you do need to just confess it and bring it to the light, but just confessing it to someone who is mature, who can handle it, who has wisdom and grace and peace and kindness and, you know, has your best interest at heart. Just someone you can trust. Yeah. Um, and, but, like, specifically that will just meet you there with the Lord. Yeah. Um, and bring him into the conversation. Yeah. Um, I think it's just life-changing. Like, it, I, if I yeah. never confessed, I would... I don't know where I'd be. Yeah. Um, thank the Lord I don't have to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, just, I would really encourage you. Yeah. Um, the Lord is very real 
and he wants to meet you with kindness and love and he wants to do that through the people he's made. That's good. So, Yeah, and if you're listening and you, like you just don't, you're like, gosh, I'm in a season of life where I don't, I don't even know who to trust or I don't know who to talk to mm-hmm. or I don't know. I don't have that person. Where I try to encourage people is to find a church that does a kind of recovery mm-hmm. ministry, whether that mm-hmm. be Celebrate Recovery or another kind of recovery ministry, because those tend to be cultures mm-hmm. that have been built around. We understand the struggle and oh, we understand sure. darkness. Yes. Um, and, and so if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't even know who I would talk to, I would just encourage you to find a church local to you that has a recovery ministry of some sort mm-hmm. um, because that's going to, by and large, those are very safe places to just say, hey, I struggle with fill in the blank, uh, whether that be darkness or depression or suicidal ideation or alcohol or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, that, that's why that's the way I would encourage you. If you, um, if you want to talk with somebody who's just not sure who to talk with, find a church that has a good recovery program mm-hmm. and, and go there. So, all right, Boston, you are... Free in the light, and that mm-hmm. that creates <laughs> some reprieve. Mm-hmm. And so you're walking in the light, a lot happier. Voice quiets a little bit, and then what comes next? It just comes back. Okay, <laughs> sophomore year. This is when COVID hits. Is at the end of sophomore year, but at the beginning, uh, that whole freshman year after. I mean, the whole summer after freshman year, I was like, I'm doing good. Like, it's done. Okay. Like, that was easy. Um, But I had never come out of agreement with the lies. Okay. And um, so when things got hard again and when I was pressed and school was stressful, um, it felt like I still was very just alone. Like, I had a lot of friends, but I didn't have any fellowship. And it was school friends, you know. Um, I lived 30 minutes away from my school and I couldn't drive until the middle of sophomore year. So it made it really difficult as well just to see people. And so when that stress came, so did the voices. Okay. <laughs> and it just came back worse. Um, it was much more violent. I definitely struggled a lot with self-harm because I just I just wanted it to stop, and I didn't know where I could find comfort. I knew the Lord was the God of all comfort, but I just didn't know what that meant. Yeah. And so I would pray to him. I'd be like, I, I don't know what's going on. But at the end of it, I would be like, well, it's because of you. It's your fault. Like, you're terrible. You're awful. And I would just repeat these lies over and over again. And at the beginning, again, I didn't believe it, but those little seeds started to grow okay. and they started to become what I believed, what I identified with. And it was my foundation of my okay. person. All the while, my poor mother is doing everything she can to kind of pursue me with um, the truth with God. Um, same with my sister. And the Lord used them just a lot to just continue to put the truth in front of me. Um, But I just didn't know how to live it out, and I didn't know how to not believe the lies. So then COVID hits, and I think just for everybody, that was a time of isolation because it was supposed to be. It was quarantine, and um, I couldn't escape being seen by my family, and I ended up just the hatred continued to fester within me, and— um, the thing about sin, because it is sin, is it's collateral. And I, I ended up burning my family really bad. And it was uh, it was really hard for my mom because she didn't really know if I was going to blow up or if I was going to be fine or yeah. just, it just put a lot of strain on my relationships. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't meant to be directed at them. It was meant to be directed at me because I was the problem. Yeah. But it ended up hurting them yeah. quite a bit. <laughs> That was a huge shift. And I think that was a shift that everyone in my generation kind of felt around the same time. I mean, at the same time, but just around my same age. Um, And so Snapchat was a huge part and you got to send pictures of yourself. And at the same time, I was telling myself, you're so ugly. You're so ugly. Like no one's ever going to like you. No one's ever going to love you. You're like, if you didn't have makeup on, you would be disgusting. No one would want to look at you. Mm -hmm. I... My skin was not very bad. I was in shape um, by all means, like by societal means, I would have been considered somewhat attract- like attractive. And that doesn't really matter because I'm made in the image of the Lord. And that is where the value comes from, not 
I could look any sort of way. Yeah. And um, that value just, just never changes. But just, when you're 14 or 15, yeah. I mean, it's just a whole, you, you can know oh, the Imago yeah. Day and there's still a, it, you want to be cute. Oh, yeah. There is a, there is yeah. definitely, especially as a girl, there's always oh, going to be absolutely. a pursuit of beauty. And I think that's one of our best qualities as females is we get to bring in beauty to the house. Yeah. And like, I love that. But it was just a place I thought I was falling short. And yeah. so it's just what I kept telling myself over and over again. And at first I didn't believe it. I just wanted to feel bad for myself. I wanted pity. Um, but then it became what I believed. Okay. And that's all going into COVID 2020. Yep. All the issues, the world's the world going crazy. Wild. It was wild. <laughs> it was a huge turning point, not in my life only, but like everyone's. Yeah. And so just isolation kind of like wrapped itself around all of that and preserved it. And it just continued to flourish within me of hatred. And um, it was really, really tough. <laughs> yeah. I was just so like, I can't do this, Lord, I can't do, I'm in so much pain. On top of that, I developed shin splints that went to a stress fracture. I got shingles in my eye around this time. Just <laughs> all these little things that I had been speaking over myself for years where I was yeah. like, you deserve pain. Um, I wish you would just break. You, you'd think like the world would be better if you're not here, all those things. But I, these things I spoke over myself ended up coming true. Yeah. Um, my junior year, and that's how it had started, was that you deserve pain when I was very, very little. And then junior year when I'm starting full, to... We're almost, mm -hmm. we're not full grown, but we're... we're getting, I think I am turning 17, yeah. yes. And so eventually I kind of come out of junior year and I'm like, you know what? God is good. Um, I don't really know how that happened. I think it was a lot of praying on my mom's part because we were just beside ourselves with what's going on. Um, and just wonderful women throughout the church that I had never reached out to, but my mom did on my behalf. Just yeah. the interceding the Lord did for me is just absolutely insane. Um, and so I come out of that season, just little bits where the Lord had met me throughout my walk, where I, you were saying earlier, like I, the underlying theme of God, um, just those one degree of glory to the next that I couldn't even always see start to really bear fruit junior okay. year. I started volunteering at Kids Village around this time. Oh my goodness, I love it. It That's is fun. so good. I don't do it anymore because I'm in college, but <laughs> um, little kids are just amazing yeah. because when you go to those little kid um, from the little small groups into the big room, they put the truth in really simple terms so that kids can understand yeah. it. And guess what? It's really helpful for That's high for school adults. students oh, too. Oh, listen, I've heard this. I mean, I've heard this from 30 and 40 year old mm -hmm. men and women. They're like, yeah. did you know? And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I learned that in Kids Village. So yeah, that's a, I, I maybe should run my sermons by them. <laughs> they are great. Um, we learned about the characteristics of God. I yeah. say we, because I definitely had, I learned them yeah. in a really, a very real way. And that's kind of where I find these tokens of truth, like God is creator, God is defender, um, just all these beautiful characteristics and simple terms, easy to remember. I'm not trying, we do a Bible verse of the month. I love that thing. It was so good. Such a great place to just have a little pocket of truth. And let me tell you, those seeds that we sow in those kids definitely come back because I was one of those kids come in on. Kids Village. And those were the things I desperately cling to my senior oh, year. Um, just continually put in front of me by my mom, but also even my school, but that Sunday school as well. They came back when yeah. I really needed them. So... That was all around juniorish junior year. year where I'm really, my relationship with the Lord is becoming a lot more real and yeah. in the pain that I can't escape, um, he's there because that's, I mean, he's everywhere. He yeah. <laughs> so then we go into my senior year, which all my life I had been very excited for my senior Come year. On, I'll be able to go to college. I'll get out of here. Um, things are going to get better. I get to go to prom, look so yep. pretty. I'm going to just have time in my life. Senior year was single-handedly the hardest year of my life, which kind of is a little empty because I'm 19 years old, sure. but, <laughs> um, hey, but it felt like in I mean, 19, it was. <laughs> yeah. In those 19, that's the mm -hmm. hard one. Yeah. So 
I just started to really develop terrible acne. Okay. Um, started when I was in August, and it was very small, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter how small the blemish was. It controlled me. It controlled my life. It controlled how I saw myself. It controlled when I looked at myself, um, when I got to go out, because before I went out, I had to go home, wash my face, put on makeup. Yeah. Okay, now I can get out. Um and it just controlled my worth. So, again, kind of going back to what I had told myself earlier, at the very beginning I had told myself I was, you deserve pain. And I ended up, like, it developed later in my life. Yeah. It just grew and developed um, until it was brought to light. And then the second lies I kind of had told myself was, you're so ugly, no one's ever going to love you. And it kind of... I mean, it yeah. didn't kind of, it did happen. <laughs> like, I ended up living out the lies I told myself. Okay. And um, I ended up just in a very real experience living out the, your your words have power. Yeah. Um, what is it? It's a Proverbs where it says, death and life are held in the power of the, power tongue. Of the tongue. The Bible is true. Yeah. <laughs> like, And that verse is true. Those throwaway comments developed. August... Really just like, oh boy, what's going on? Okay, let's try and manage this. Let's try and fix this. Um, but also the lies just come back. And I'm just like, no, like, no, I don't want to. I don't want those lies. Like those lies were bad. And I'm starting to really recognize what they were and recognize the the lies for the disgusting things they were. And they were yeah. not of God. And so I really start to try and make war against that. So I was, it was October and at this point, like I said, whenever I wanted to go out, I had to do all these little things before. So that really just compounded this anxiety within me. So all that depression I had felt before, that was by and large, um, I don't want to say like gone and healed and woo, but yeah. it, it was given over to the Lord and I had really started to submit that to God. Um, but the anxiety just ran rampant because okay. oh my gosh they can see my biggest insecurity yeah. to have your biggest insecurity be the first impression that people see yeah. oh boy I <laughs> broke a million times um, it felt like I had died and that is what I had spoken over myself yeah. Now, how does that, how does that play itself out mm -hmm. in your, like you're a senior in high school, again, mm -hmm. very good basketball player, you're known, you've got friends, right before the senior year starts, you have this pretty terrible acne breakout. Mm -hmm. And so, so then are you, are you now shrinking back, pulling back, not showing mm -hmm. up, not going out, staying in the house? How does it yes. play itself out? So... Junior year after the whole isolation thing, I lost a lot of friends um, just naturally and just kind of because we were school friends because we saw each other every day. And then when that fell apart, so did yeah. our friendship a little bit. Yeah, when the senior year came around, that just compounded on itself and I was isolated. And that's what I told myself I wanted to be um, way back when I was a kid. Like, I just wish I was alone. I wish I didn't have to deal with people. Yeah. And I ended up trying to make myself even more alone so I didn't have to be deal with people because I didn't want them to see me because yeah. I was so embarrassed and I felt I even felt bad that they even had to look at me yeah um it was really dark and so I just hard I tried my hardest not to go to class I was constantly late lord bless the teachers I had who <laughs> just said I was there anyways um but it was yeah, just isolation, and it was killer. But the difference was from the isolation I had before or tried to put on myself before as a way to kind of try and escape whatever ha was happening with friends or just that I thought I deserved, um, this woman started to be um, spent with the Lord. <laughs> and so this is where my favorite part of the story comes up. Okay. 
um, is where I was at my worst is where the Lord met me. And I'm pretty sure that's a very common theme with everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's everyone's Entire story. human population. Yep. Um, well, one day, hopefully. Yeah. And I just, the I was sick of having my identity be my feelings. I could not do it anymore. I knew I didn't want to die, but I felt like I had to. And I was like, no, I'm done with this. I cannot do it. This is not where my identity is. This is not my worth. I don't deserve death. I don't deserve pain. I am a child of God, and that is my identity, and I know that. Um, and so I really started— And those are all words and ideas mm-hmm. you're saying you got either from your mom or your sister mm-hmm. or growing up in Little Village and Kid, Kids mm-hmm. Village. It sounds kind of an accumulation yeah. of all those it things. It just really— <laughs> the, the watering the Lord had done, the lights that had been shined on things— just started to absolutely grow. And I was just, I want the Lord. I'm hungry for Him. I'm tired of the things of this world. I'm tired of trying to find my worth and how I look um, and how people see me, how people perceive me. That doesn't mean that those things didn't still affect me and I didn't still have a level of belief in them because if I didn't have a level of belief in them, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have brought me so low. Yeah. Um, But I just, I had been praying when I was a kid. I was like, I want to be hungry for the Lord. I want to be hungry for the Word. Reading the Bible just was boring to me at those times. And then finally, I was in such a place of desperation where I was just like, this isn't true. What's true? Yeah. The Bible? Okay, that's what I'm going to do. And so I got after it. I started in Matthew because I knew, where is my salvation? The Gospels, great. That's where I'll start. <laughs> and I was like, Mark um, to Matthew to Luke to John um, that I just finished um, a year later. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, what else is here? The Psalms, started reading those a little bit. David was going through it. Oh, he, he goes through it. He goes through it. And guess what? That's where I felt I was. Yeah. Um, and so the Lord just met me in beautiful ways there. Psalm 13, Oh my goodness, I love it so much. <laughs> it's so good. It talks first about how how long will you forsake me, O Lord? And then it ends, but I will rejoice. But I will rejoice. Because you have dealt with me just amazingly. You have been beautiful in yeah. my life. I will rejoice. I will sing. And that became my battle cry. Okay. So where the feelings and overwhelming because all the while I am crying every day, morning and night. Um, Sometimes every hour on the hour, I was stuck in my bathroom floor, screaming and crying, just could not look at myself. I hated how I looked. Um, I just avoided every reflection I could. So that meant no looking at my phone, no looking at mirrors, especially in public places because then I'd break down all over again because every time I saw a glimpse of myself, I... I just became undone. Yeah. Um, it was pretty bad. And so I would just sit on the floor, bawling my eyes out, crying in a kind of spiral panic attack that I had felt like I had gone through earlier. I was like, oh, I know what anxiety is. Like, I have yeah. that. I had no idea how bad <laughs> it could get. Um, but the difference was this time is when I was feeling myself kind of pigeonhole into that little, like, narrow view of, you're like, oh my gosh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I'm, I'm in so much pain. It's so, wor- I'm so worthless. Like this is horrible. I'm so ugly. I was like, nope, that's not true. I can't be doing that. I okay. have done that. That didn't work. And so I'm still in this frenzy of human emotion, of anxiety, of ramped up whatever. Um, and I have to cling to something. So I was like, okay, what's true? God is good. God is good. God is good. Yeah. Over and over and over again until I either get out of it or I just say enough that I can't hear those other things because that is the only thing that I knew to be true Um, and so if you see my arms I have these beautiful wristbands that that (laughs) friend in middle school bought me on my 18th birthday and so I know the gospel is true Um, so I put these on my arms to give myself a few more (laughs) verses to repeat spice it up a bit Um, and they've been that's when I start to realize oh my goodness I can't always remember it in those feelings where the emotions are so real and they feel like they're going to overtake me because that feels so real and God's not, I can't see him here. I can't feel him like I can feel these emotions right now. So I'm going to put this everywhere I can so that even when I get in those pigeonhole places, um, when I look up, he's there and I can't escape that and I'll be reminded every time. 
So started to just fill the ho- my place with Bible verses, getting Christian shirts, um, posters, just like whatever. I can. If you look at my phone, there's two um, stickers in there. The struggle is real, but so is God. And um, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted yeah. and he saves the crushing spirit, which is a Psalms. Yeah. Um, and so just these little, that is how I fought my battles was yeah. a song, obviously, but also just on my knees crying, I started to be so honest and the narration turned from you're so worthless, you're so horrible to God, where are you? Yeah. I need help. And why are you doing this? What's going on? Yeah. And I pointed it to someone who could take it mm-hmm. and I was honest and he dealt with me beautifully. When I did not deserve it, when I was unfaithful, he was faithful. It was a Amazing. Yeah. So, Boston. One of the one of the reasons I wanted you to be on mm-hmm. it, is this. Like you've got two things happening simultaneously, and I think that's that's the long journey home. Mm-hmm. You you you're absolutely caught up in your own battle and that this really this darkness that's been in your soul since you were little that you know kind of ebbs and flows mm-hmm. with strengths and intensities and. Um, this one's like it's super intense, and yet, in the intensity even of the battle, you, you, you're learning where to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like you're you're taking it there, and then it's all better. It's just like while while you're in it, mm-hmm. you're you're clinging to the Lord. It's not like uh, taking an aspirin, and then you know two hours later you feel better. Mm-hmm. But it's a okay, this sucks. I know I'm stuck. I don't know how to get out. Let me take it to where I know I can take it. And then mm-hmm. let me just hound him to do something about mm-hmm. this until I can get some reprieve. Yeah. Even if that reprieve is just falling asleep for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, only to wake up and start over <laughs> mm-hmm. again and have some new mercies. And so, yes. so that that that's such a part of the story that I want to make sure people hear is mm-hmm. that it's not like the praising of God for his goodness isn't reserved for after, but Mm-mm. in Yes, and and really, and in some ways, the praising him in is, is something that can kind of help us get carried through. Yes, um, and that was the thing that that I mean that happened in your story. That's mm-hmm. really so beautiful. So mm-hmm. you're clinging and grabbing and pleading and suffering and mm-hmm. all at the same time, and then you somehow come out of that season into Mm -hmm. a new season, even though that new season is not without its own, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, needing to be aware of how the enemy works in your life. But how do you come from like bathroom floor, don't want to look at yourself in the mirror, Mm -hmm. avoid any kind of reflection in public, don't want to get out of bed, Mm -hmm. crushed, but... Mm-hmm. Clinging to the Lord and pray, like like where does the Timmy boy come? Because you're you're out, you're about, you got yeah. bright eyes, and you know this is you're, true. <laughs> you're easily the youngest person on the Overcomers Ooh. ever to this point, and um, and and I know like there there's more ahead for you, yeah. but um, you, you've come out of sackcloth and ashes, mm. and and you're in this new season. What? Was there an event or a moment that kind of turned the corner there? Mm-hmm. Was it more gradual? Was it? Definitely that verse of one degree of glory to the next. Okay. Just those little, little things that you cannot see in the moment, but oh my goodness, when you look back, you're just like, wow. Okay, that name is some of those beautiful. things. Yes. So, um, big part was my mom got me this book that kind of laid out how to do a quiet time. So, okay. it started with writing a memory verse for the week um, and remembering that. And so that's where these really came okay, in handy, just this perfect in. little little <laughs> yeah. storm. And the next thing was writing the things you are grateful for. Okay. It is, I mean, you know this, everyone who's gone through any sort of struggle knows it is so hard to Gratitude be grateful. Gratitude journal will change your life. It is, oh my goodness, yeah. an amazing weapon of the Lord. I Absolutely. love it. And then right after that is prayer. And it is, so it was memory verse, so scripture, thankful, prayer, and then read again. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, where did the Lord show up? So um, I just got into that routine cool. every day. I knew that was where life was to be found. Right. Um, so I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm desperate. Mm. And over and over and over again um, to about 
January is where, or February, around that time, there was a huge shift where even at my worst, um, I prayed for every single one of my teammates. Come on. And not in a way where I could be like, oh, I prayed for you last night. Yeah. But in the, like, I think it was maybe 2 a.m. My poor mom came home at like 11. <laughs> I was like, mom, we got to pray for my teammates. I was spiraling and I was like, okay, what can I do to get out of the spiral? Serve the Lord. Okay, yeah. how do I do that? Pray for your teammates. Okay. Right. <laughs> so I sat there and I, we prayed for every single one of them, asked for words, asked for scriptures. I still have all the flashcards. Praise the Lord. One of them came to, or she got baptized this last semester in school. I love that. Oh my goodness. It was, I wasn't there and I had no part in that because she went to Arkansas, but just how much more yeah, but the Lord joy I had because yeah. oh I was gosh. obedient yeah. to him. Oh, wow. So I was like, okay. And my skin was getting better at this point. Um, this is kind of towards the end of my senior year. I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, yeah. I know how to fight. Um, Lord's being so great and faithful to me. And then a month later, and it just got so much worse. Okay. Um, my skin gets so, so bad. It was really terrible. And um, I just felt like I was left to despair. My prom night where I was like, I'm going to be so pretty. I was crying every single minute of that day. Sorry, and I just did not want to go. I went. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Um, well, it was great because the, I didn't stay there. Yeah. The Lord brought me out of that. Um, thanks to my wonderful sister, who is just she's instrumental. <laughs> like she's, her name's Gracie. The Lord's grace is just oh, no. evident mm -hmm. through her. Oh, wow. I love that girl. Yeah. Um, but it just got so much worse. And I was like, what is going on? But I continued to fight. I continued to stay faithful. Um, big things for me was music. Music was huge because when I couldn't cry out anymore, when I didn't know the words to say, yeah. they could. Somebody had mm -hmm. yeah, words um, for you. Same with church. I did not know where else to go. I couldn't stay at home, and I knew I needed to be a part of the church body because that's what the Bible said. And I was like, okay, I believe this to be completely true. I'll do it. And even though that was like my biggest nightmare was going out yeah. into to anywhere, <laughs> but um, with that many people especially, and I just— would sing. And when I couldn't sing, other people were there to sing for me. Yeah. And it was beautiful. I ended up going to recovery a little bit during this time, which is where my mom works. And it was amazing. Just the spirit of the Lord is so evident in broken people yeah, because we can't keep like, we're not, we can't pretend anymore. Mm -hmm. We're at the end of our rope. All we got is God. Um, and just even when it got worse, oh my goodness, how beautiful the Lord is. Okay. And so in my journals, at the beginning when I was a kid, it would start with, okay, God's good, but I'm worthless. It's terrible. Die. I hate myself. Two, oh boy, this is really bad. I don't know what to do. Lord, where are you? When are you going to heal me? In the Bible, you say you're going to heal people, but you are good. Yeah. And I know this. And even though I don't know why I, this is all going on, why this is happening, I believe in you and all I can do is praise your name mm -hmm. and that's what I'm going to do. So I just continued to do that. Um, going outside, that was really hard. I would get so stuck and I don't want anyone to see me, but I would just literally step outside. Wow. Breathing air, getting to see his creation. Okay. Yeah. I can be thankful for trees, for wind. I can be thankful for so many things. That gratitude journal changed the game because I was like, my health felt like it got taken away from me, my identity, my my security. and But guess what? I got air conditioning. Yeah. Guess what? I get to sleep in a bed at night. I get to pursue a higher education. I have dogs. I love dogs. Yeah. I have a sister. I have a brother. I have parents that love the Lord. Like, what what is this compared to you, God? Yeah. You know? And so those are very small, practical things that like came slowly, but through encouragement from my sister, through my mom, um, I integrated and the Lord just used beautifully. So when I couldn't, he could. And I just, wow, I just am in love with him. And I, love that. I, 
I still struggled, but I no longer agreed with those lies. Or if I did, I saw them. And that was the um, a really big important part is identifying the lies, but not only doing that, but replacing them with truth. Yeah, that's good. Inner goal. Like just has to be a step yeah. that you take. Because you can see a lie and be like, okay, yeah, that's a lie. Yeah. And you can let it be. Because I knew those weren't like of the Lord. I knew they weren't true, but I hadn't replaced them and I hadn't renounced them. And so... Um, through lots of prayer, um, through a very faithful family, uh, those lies became replaced with truth. And it just, I, it just hasn't looked the same since yeah. in the best ways. And that darkness that I thought was going to overtake me because I thought it couldn't look different, it can look different. It can. And you can make war against those lies because they are not true. And guess what? There are so many people in the Bible who went through so many things yeah. similar or worse. And yeah. there is truth and beauty and love and grace that abounds, but it causes you to be violent towards your feelings and no longer find your identity there. But with the Lord, there is so much life to be there. My circumstances did not change, yeah, but it didn't matter because my heart did. And I got to have an eternal mindset in the present moment. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm never going back. I love the Lord. Well, amen. So, Well, here's what I would yeah. love to, you know, we always... <laughs> At the end of an episode, I always mm-hmm. want to do this. Um, I, I said at the beginning, and and maybe I think probably as you get deeper into college, you'll you'll see this. Um, your your home life is abnormal. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it just is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I hear this from kids from the village who go off to school and they come back um, if they're from homes like yours. Mm-hmm where there's been a grace given to you. So like repeatedly in your story, Boston, you've said my mom or my sister or my dad. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people even listening to this or watching this now, their mom and their sister and their dad are actually sources of great betrayal or Mm -hmm. pain. They're not safe. And they certainly would never kind of speak life into Mm -hmm. the fight that they're in. And so I wanted you to have an opportunity to be that voice for mm-hmm. them. Um, so it, again, I always in my mind, they're driving in their car mm-hmm. or they're listening to their headphones at the gym or they're doing yard work or they're doing some stuff around the house and they've got headphones and the podcast is playing. Mm-hmm. And, and if someone can resonate with like being in such a dark place that they're not getting out of bed, they're laying on the bathroom mm-hmm. floor, they hate their own reflection, that they believe the world would be better if they were gone. How You, you had your mom and your sister and your dad to speak truth mm-hmm. to you uh, and to lift up your head. What would you say to someone listening today who finds themselves in that low moment that you've been in? Like speak directly to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you encourage them as your mom and dad and sister encouraged you? I am... First and foremost, so sorry that you are going through that. That is, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Um, It's scary and lonely, and I'm so sorry. And that is not of the Lord. Um, Even though, like I said, your circumstances don't always change, but neither does the Lord. Like the Lord is steadfast, and he is pursuing you, and he wants you so much more. He sent his son to die for you. Like, oh, my goodness just really looking at those lies and recognizing those are not of the Lord, giving them over to him, replacing them with truth. It will change your life. Find people, go to church, find people that love the Lord, that can surround you with truth, um, that can intercede for you when you're in those moments, when all you can do is pick up the phone and be like, pray. Yeah, They're there. They're, they want to be, I want to be that person, you know? like. Yeah. You got to be bold. You got to find courage in the Lord and just take that step. Take Crawl if you have yeah. to. Oh my gosh, I was there. I couldn't even, I, that's all I did half the time. I was crawling on the floor. I was yeah. so tired. Um, but they want to be there in the Lord wants you to experience the freedom that comes. It's not always healing, but just the freedom you can find in him that regardless of their circumstances, you can take joy. Yeah. Um, That's a good distinction, by mm-hmm. the way, freedom and healing. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never heard anybody put it exactly like that. That's actually great. That's a great distinction. Yeah. Like, I think the biggest thing for me was that God does not condemn me to my circumstances. Yeah. And just how beautiful is that? 
that even when I don't look how I want to and I can't praise him the way I want to and I don't feel like I can serve the way I want to, he still pursues me and I still get to fight as a child of God Mm -hmm. through humility, grace, cries of, I don't know what's going on, but having those cries towards the Lord. So I, yeah, I would also say that truth of read the Bible, go to church, go outside, but really make war in the small places. So that would be the truth. You don't have to stay stuck. It can look different. I didn't think I would ever, I thought I would just have to endure life until I died. Yeah. And I now take joy in living. And if you had told me that a year ago, I would have been like, why would you lie to me? Sure. That is sick. And now I'm like, oh my goodness, to live for the Lord. Wow, yeah. nothing's better. And that doesn't mean your circumstances are going to change. But find those peop- find the people of the Lord at the church and read your Bible. Go outside. Be grateful. Game changers. <laughs> yeah, good words. Mm-hmm. All right, Boston Hunley, thanks for being on The Overcomers. Yes. Again, the youngest one ever. Wow. So yeah, you have that distinction. So yeah, thank you so, so much good. for sharing your story of course. with us today. Thank you for having me. Of course. Hey guys, Pastor Matt, hope that you enjoyed this episode of The Overcomers. You find your heart more encouraged in the Lord, uh, more dedicated to His kingdom. Uh, Just want to remind you, if you found this helpful in in this season of life, this is what I want to do. I want to encourage your heart. I want to lift up your eyes and and let you behold the beauty of Jesus. Uh, And so on top of The Overcomers podcast, uh, also started a website, just pastormattchandler.com. And on my website, there's all sorts of resources, but but you can also um, sign up for a monthly newsletter where I'm just trying to ring from the scriptures um, encouragement for your souls. And so you, there are two different newsletters. There's one for um, just everyday Christians seeking to be faithful where they are. And then there's a there, there's another newsletter uh, for pastors and church leaders. Uh, and so sign up for either one of those or both of those. Uh, but man, look forward to staying in contact with you. God bless you.